Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, Executive Director of EdSource. We all know that the pandemic has been tough on students, but less attention has been given to the struggles of teachers over the last few years. Thousands of California teachers quit their jobs before this school year ended. Some left because of the challenges of teaching during a pandemic. Others were fearful they would contract COVID-19. Some were offered higher paying jobs in other industries. Many just burned out. It was affecting my sleep. It was affecting my health. The sense of banging my head against a wall. Why are so many teachers leaving and what can be done to better support them? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. Linda White taught middle school English, creative writing, and social studies in the small Central Valley town of Orosi for more than 21 years. What I really loved about teaching was being able to get students to believe in themselves and to feel like they could be successful. There would always be a few students every year that they would start off saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you know, they would have challenges in their lives that would make them believe they couldn't. And I would work with them and they would find out they could. Then came the pandemic. First, distance learning. Distance learning was hell. Trying to get the students to participate on Zoom was a challenge and feeling responsible for their education, for their welfare, and trying to get them to talk. Many of Linda's students' parents were farm workers, and they couldn't work from home during the pandemic. I had mostly eighth graders, so they're you know, 13, 14 years old, and they're either home alone in most cases, or they're home alone with younger siblings. And they're trying to get the younger siblings, if they're school age, logged into their Zoom sessions, helping them with their homework, um, having to take care of lunch for them. I had students that they would be in Zoom and they'd say, I'm sorry, I, I can't type my paper right now because I have to feed my baby brother. And so they'd turn their camera on for just a minute and I'd see, and they're sitting there in class with a bottle and a baby. And so there, there was a lot of um, autonomy given to these students at that time, just as a, as a necessity, as a survival tactic. Linda knew that when school reopened in person last fall, it would be challenging. She was expecting to have to start slow, spend a lot of time on expectations and routines. Still, nothing prepared her for the return to in-person learning. Usually, there's you know, two, three, maybe four students out of a class of 30 that are at risk or have special circumstances that make it challenging for them to be on task in the classroom. And you know, those are the ones that you spend a lot of time redirecting, monitoring, trying to figure out where the right seat is for that student, giving them little breaks and giving them a lot of positive reinforcement. And for this past year, out of a class of 30, it wasn't just two or three or four, it was one third to half the class that was in that situation. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stadley. This week, teacher burnout. 
Linda is one of thousands of California teachers who quit mid-year this school year. My colleague Diana Lambert wrote about this for EdSource. Hi, Diana. Hi, Zadie. How are you? Pretty good. So how big of a problem is this with teachers quitting? And is it really, is it really that different from previous years? Well, it's hard to tell if this year is worse than previous years because the data isn't available yet. But we do know that thousands of teachers have quit mid-year this year. And previously, the year before, a record number of teachers quit. It was about an 8% increase over the previous year and a big spike right after the pandemic started. And the state generally loses about 4,000 teachers a year. But last school year, right after pandemic, it went up to about 5,000. They're retiring mid-year. We do not have the number of teachers who just quit mid-year because there's no one tracking that information. So when we quote these numbers about retirements, that's just the portion of the teachers who are quitting. A lot of the teachers are quitting, you know, without being counted. Basically, they just leave, but they're not eligible for retirement because of their age or because they don't have enough service years in. Why are teachers leaving? They're leaving for a number of reasons. They're feeling underappreciated and overwhelmed. Some of them have had trouble coming back from the pandemic themselves emotionally, and um, they don't feel supported by the administration or their parents. There was a survey that the California Teachers Retirement System put out, and most of the teachers said they're leaving because of COVID restrictions, uh, dealing with COVID, and because of bad behavior from students. At first, Linda White was hopeful that once students got used to in-person learning again, student behavior would improve. But it got worse. To begin with, more and more students were coming to class late. I would have, you know, one-third to half the kids come in tardy. Uh, by six or seven weeks into the school year, I had kids that had over 100 tardies. Soon, the behavior descended into chaos. They would run around, they would yell across the room, they would yell uh, racial and homophobic slurs at each other. And when I would try and address those, they would argue with me that it was okay for them to say those things. We had some really high need students that would be very disruptive. Um, I had one student that if she didn't get what she wanted, she would roll around on the floor and yell that she was dying. Meanwhile, someone else is throwing things across the room. Someone else called somebody a name. Kids are throwing toys across the classroom. Someone else is running around with handfuls of sanitizer, hitting people with it. And then someone else jumps up and, you know, starts chasing them because they got hit with a handful of hand sanitizer. And when I reached out to admin, to our vice principals for help or to the counselor for help, I wasn't getting help. Diana, Linda White's situation is particularly bad, but did you hear similar things elsewhere from other teachers? Absolutely. That was the one thing that really struck me as I was doing the reporting on this story, that bad behavior from students seemed to be the major reason teachers said they were leaving. Um, most of them don't blame the students. They just think that they had a really hard year and they were adapting and they felt mostly that the administrations weren't supporting them and helping them to deal with these behaviors. Do you have a sense of why um, administrations were sort of being more lenient or not really helping teachers? Well, you know, there are a couple of reasons, it seems. Um, one is that everyone wanted to, understood the kids had some social emotional problems coming out of COVID and were trying to be as supportive as possible and not punitive. The other reason is that administrators are stretched thin. 
there we have a teaching shortage and they're in the classroom they're helping drive school buses they're acting as crossing guards and they don't they can't get to the disciplinary problems it's a staffing problem right and not to mention doing covid tests and covid contact tracing exactly. and a bunch of other stuff linda's school was in sort of an extra difficult situation like at many other schools across the state everyone was stretched thin teachers and administrators were stepping in to sub for classes because there weren't enough substitutes to cover all the absences from COVID. But in addition, the principal at Linda's school was out on maternity leave. And Linda says there were three new vice principals who were all in their very first year on the job. It had been emphasized to us that we put in referrals and that after three referrals, the student would have a meeting with the student advocate or with the counselor, depending on what was going on. And so things would be addressed and taken care of. And I had written referrals and written referrals and written referrals. I had some kids that by that time I had seven or eight referrals on and nothing was being done. Linda was spending 45 minutes a day after school writing referrals and trying to get a hold of parents. On the way to school in the morning, she started having panic attacks. I had about a 10, 15 minute drive to work and just... As I would get closer and closer to campus, I would start feeling more stressed and I would start thinking about, these are the things that I have to do. Um, do can I redo the seating chart to get the student away from this student? Oh, but then that puts them there, this student, and then all these thoughts start racing through my mind. And then I would start feeling just panicky, short of breath. I would sit there for a few minutes and try and calm myself down and just, deep, slow breaths and trying to steady everything and just mentally and emotionally preparing myself for going into what I felt was a very um, chaotic, hostile environment. In the middle of the night, she would wake up at two or three in the morning, worried about the next day. You know, what was I going to do? How could I make this happen? What parents I needed to call? And then I wouldn't get back to sleep. So it was affecting my sleep. It was affecting my health. And it just, the, the sense of futility of banging my head against a wall. Linda kept telling herself to hang on. She was set to retire in December anyway. She could last just a few more months. But then one day in October, Linda was holding lunchtime detention for several kids who had been talking during a test the day before. Of course, several of them didn't show up because they didn't feel like they had to. Ones that did talked and treated it as a social time, which is not what detention's for. Had a girl get in my face and yell and cuss at me because she didn't want to be there and tell me that her mom was going to call and complain about me because I was a bad teacher. So all of this happened. And after I let the kids go, there was about 10 minutes until the afternoon class would come in. And I just looked around and I thought, it's going to be the same kids. I had the kids for English in the morning, history in the afternoon. So it's going to be the same kids. They're going to come in here. They're already mad at me. They already are angry. They already feel like they can do whatever they want because there hasn't been any consequences. And I can't do this. 
I, I am not being effective at this and I can't do it anymore. And so I left everything for the afternoon that they would need. And I went through the office and said I needed to go home and I went out and sat in my car and cried. Linda never went back. Her doctor put her on medical leave for the next two months and then she retired in December. Diana, can you walk us through some of the other stories that teachers shared with you? Well, I talked to a school psychologist. His name is Kurt Abispo, and he was in Escalon Unified School District. His problem, there were a lot of disciplinary problems and fights, but he's a school psychologist and he's equipped to deal with that. But he just felt there wasn't enough staffing to deal with it and that he couldn't give the kids the care that they needed to have. He had to deal with fights constantly and even ended up in a TikTok video as he got in the middle of some of these fights. And, uh, and he also had to deal with parents and kids calling him day and night because they have, were so troubled. And they would call him for his advice and help. And he felt that he had to do that. He had to spend that time with them, which meant he didn't have time with his own family. And so it just got to be overwhelming for him. And he didn't feel like he could do his job effectively. And, and he just really felt he had to go somewhere where he had more s- staffing to help him. So he left and went to a charter school in, in the Stockton area. The staff at schools are already spread really thin, you know, taking over other classes and all of this. Is the fact that teachers are quitting mid-year making things worse for schools? Absolutely. And interesting enough, a lot of the teachers who were quitting said one of the reasons they hesitated was the guilt they felt for leaving their colleagues in the lurch. You know, they didn't want to leave, but felt they had to. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, we don't know what next year is going to look like. But every time a teacher leaves, that's an administrator or someone who has to fill in that classroom, especially with the substitute shortage. So, yeah, it's it's dramatic. Do you think it's possible that this will level off now that school has been in person for a year? Students are hopefully getting the hang of being back in school and, you know, hopefully COVID starts to level off as well. Well, we hope so. I mean, Calster said they did see a leveling off from compared to last year. But teachers, you know, they seem the shortage, the teacher shortage seems to be getting worse and teachers are, are really getting burned out. So we're not sure what's going to happen after this year. We're not going to sure how many teachers are going to show up for school next year, but there is concern. And you wrote that this isn't just a California problem, right? Can you discuss some of the national statistics around this? Yes. So the National Education Association, which is the largest teachers union in the, in the country, uh, did a uh, survey of its members and found that 91% said that uh, pandemic-related stress is a serious problem, and 90% said burnout is a serious problem, and many of the respondents said they plan to retire early. Wow. Mm-hmm. Said so more than half indicated they're considering leaving the profession early. Diana, what do you think the solutions are? What, you know, what can schools do to actually attract and keep teachers? Well, staffing. Seriously, I think our major problem is staffing. If, if, if we were able to hire more teachers, more substitutes. We'd have fewer administrators in the classrooms and they in turn could deal with the discipline. And the teachers could go on with their jobs. Uh, in order to get additional staffing, um, may, maybe salary is an issue, uh, especially with substitute teachers, I think, to increase salaries for them. But I think teachers are feeling overwhelmed and under-supported. 
that's their biggest concern. And if we had uh, more teachers in the classroom, that would really help. Linda is now living in Oregon and writing short stories and poetry. She still thinks about returning to the classroom. I really miss the interaction with the students. I taught creative writing. That was one of my favorite things to teach. As a writer, that was, when I got to teach creative writing, that was like, you know, bliss. And I really miss giving students the opportunity to just be able to tell their stories and to, sh- to get to the point where they're okay sharing their stories and getting feedback and, you know, realizing that someone else actually likes reading what they write. They're not just writing for themselves anymore, that they have a voice, they have something to say, and it matters. And she doesn't want her career to end the way that it ended, on that panicked, burnt-out note. And so I do think about maybe someday doing some subbing, because everybody needs subs. And at the same time, I'm kind of hesitant about doing it because I'm thinking, you know, what if it's the same? What if the same things are happening? What if I am dealing with the same issues? What if I call the office because a student is having some issues in the classroom and nobody comes? She hopes that other teachers do still go into the profession. Her own daughter is planning on becoming a teacher. But Linda has a message for them. As teachers, we're, we're the ones who need to work to make the system change. There's a lot of things that are broken in the system. And so we, we need to be the ones that, that push for the change. And there's a lot of different ways we can do that. Just banding together you know, through our local unions, through legislation, through getting parents involved. There's a lot of things we can do, but something needs to be done. Otherwise, there's not going to be much in the way of teachers and students are going to suffer because of that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Diana's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Linda White and Diana Lambert, and our director, Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Silver Giving Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. <laughs>